of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. great joy and peace and the love of God. Oh, Lord, we give you praise, glory, and honor in the sweet and lovely name of Jesus. Thank you, dear God. All right, if you have a Bible this morning, I want to take a look at God's Word. Very happy for each and every one of you that are here today to be in God's house. I'm turning to the book of Acts, chapter 26, which puts you right at the back of that book. Acts, chapter 26, to focus our attention this morning on verse 9. This is how this verse goes. I verily or truly thought with myself that I ought to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth. One more time. I verily thought with myself that I ought to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth. May be seated. The Lord bless you. John the Revelator made a statement. He said, I was in the Spirit. The Bible teaches us that Jesus gave 
among his last-minute instructions before he was caught up into the heavens, post-resurrection, before he was caught up into the heavens, that he, Jesus, you know, there are things that are just very plain, and we like plain things. I'm glad the Bible said be having such boldness we use, or confidence we use great plainness of speech. And the Lord, before he was caught up, he said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. It's very specific. Nowhere did he ever say, or did anybody else in the Bible ever say, to receive Jesus as your personal Savior, or to accept him as your personal Savior, or a host of other coined phrases that the religious world has come up with. Why not just stay with the book? They would chapter and verse, all kinds of good reasons to do that. And uh, once again, Jesus made it clear that people would full well and that they had reject the commandment of God, that they would set it aside and basically ignore it, pay it no mind. And you want to ask yourself, here we have the Apostle Paul. He is recounting to King Agrippa and telling him, his testimony. What happened? And he pulled back the curtain a little bit and he made it crystal clear. He said, there was things in my heart I thought with myself that I ought to do. Ought means must. He felt like I must do things that are contrary to Jesus Christ. So much so that later on, the Apostle Paul wrote to the church and he said, he said, yes, he said, I am set forth as a chief example. Anybody thinks they were bad, he said, well, I'm more. He said, I was, I was the chiefest because of the things, what he's saying right here in Acts 26 and 9, because of the things that I was thinking that I'm, I must be contrary. I must do this opposite. I'm, 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 I'm not in agreement with Jesus. I'm not in agreement with what his believers, his people are doing, thinking, saying, the way they're acting. And so the Apostle Paul, who wasn't quite yet <laughs> the Apostle Paul, you know, we're not quite yet who God wants us to be. You might want to keep that in mind. And um, we are, some of us are more in the slow growth stage. And uh, thank God for the fast learners. Thank God. I have seen people come in the church. Uh, in my 40-odd years, I have seen people come in. And um, I've seen some come in and, like a pop of a finger. They get baptized in Jesus' name on the heels of a really good repentance, and they get filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, and now they have the kingdom of God within them, 
and they, they're a quick study. They're quick learners. They line right up with so many different things that the Bible teaches and that we as the church teach. And, you know, we only want to teach what the Bible teaches. And uh, we don't want to get out of balance. It's, it's important. I was at a, a place one time. My wife had to get some blood work done, and, you know, they send you to these little places, and, and uh, you sit there and you wait for your name or number to be called. And, and uh, we were sitting there, and, and all of a sudden, this man that was just over a couple of chairs from me, he stood up, and he was pretty tall. I, I want to say he was around 6'5", and um, rather thin, and when he, he stood up very, very slowly. And being a young man like myself, I'm like, in my mind, I'm thinking, what's the problem, pal? <laughs> you know, I could have stood up six times, and you haven't quite gotten up once yet. But after a while, I begin to realize that his equilibrium was betraying him and that he he was not quite on balance, and he knew that his balance wasn't as what it once was. And so consequently, he, he came up very, very slowly, and he, when he finally came to full height, he just stood there for what seemed like a long time, kind of like those people that ride in the left lane, and they just won't get over in the right lane and let you just truck on by. And, of course, it's really bad when there's somebody in the right lane and they ride together. <laughs> and this is where you really learn about grace. Yeah. And so, because back in the old days, you know, you probably would be shaking a fist or honking your horn or something like that. But now, now we've had a change. I know some of you are thinking, well, I'm still changing. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. That's exactly what I'm talking about. And uh, some things come quickly. Some things, like the man getting up and trying to regain his balance, come slowly for whatever reason. And uh, it, it finally dawned on me that that's what it was, that he, he was slow to get his balance. And you know what? Sometimes people are slow to some things about God. I read in the Bible where Jesus said, oh, fools, slow of heart to believe all that the Bible is teaching. That's pretty rough rebuke. Nowadays, you probably get sued if you talk that roughly, right? My word. They want you to have insurance for counseling, you know. Liability here and liability there. Well, thank God for people that truly do manifest or clearly show that they have a desire for God in their lives, and that they really do want to live for God, and that they're not all full of themselves. You have no doubt read in the book of Galatians, and if you'd like to turn there, chapter 5, when you have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it's been said that Matthew, Mark, and Luke are referred to as uh, the synoptic gospels and uh, because they seem to be so similar. 
where John is a little different in his approach. But Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are your four accounts of the one gospel. There's only one gospel. And uh, Paul said, you preach any other, you're accursed. Plain and simple. Direct and straight to the point. Doesn't matter if you're an angel from heaven, and God knows there's angels from heaven that lie. They're called fallen angels. And they got thrown out. Because you know what? God's not going to put up with certain things. He's not going to put up with lying. He's not going to put up with deceit. He's not going to put up with a with a contrariness that gets to a level that it begins to produce something that is ugly and unclean and nasty. And so Satan, Lucifer, he he got he went a little too far. And uh he got God's attention, I'll tell you. Now, you can get God's attention. I see these young people in particular, and they, they do the weirdest things because they want attention. They act out because they want attention. A little kid fall, throws themselves on the ground and, and starts kicking and screaming and hollering. If you're a wise parent, you'll walk away. And then after a while, the kicking, screaming, child will find out, well, that didn't work. Guess I'll have to try something else. You know. And uh, I am going to tell you that you don't need to do odd and weird and extreme things. That really doesn't help anything. It just kind of points out that, as I told somebody, I think that, um, I made a note actually, that um, being a brat has, um, the average age of being a brat has gone up. You know, we used to think about being a brat, we thought I was a little kid, right? Don't call any names. <laughs> we think of that, you know. Just, you know, your mothers will tell your child, you know, quit being such a brat. And, um, and usually, you know, they're, they're younger and they're little. And, but the average age of that, if the average age of being a brat, shall we just say for the, for the conversation is, is four or five years old, say four. and uh, But I'm telling you, it's gone up. It's gone up. Yeah, now I think it's closer to 40. Yeah, 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 closer to 40. Childish rebellion. Average age has gone up. Oh, yeah. If you wanted God's attention, I'm all for it. But if you want some advice, you might want to decide that you want to get God's attention because you have something good in mind, something spiritual in mind, something godly in mind. If you're going to decide that you're going to be contrary and you come to God's attention, I'm going to tell you that's a really bad idea. Really bad idea. Really bad idea. The Apostle Paul, before he became the Apostle Paul, oh, he got God's attention. He got God's attention. And uh, he was definitely not in the spirit. And when you come, as I said, out of the four 
accounts of the one gospel that give you a, a nice background uh, about the, the, the genealogy and then the, the birth of Jesus Christ and moving right along into his ministry and then his death and his burial and his resurrection. And then you come to the book of Acts, and this is where it really gels and comes together. It's the most pivotal book in the Bible, and it brings to you and to us the most important verse in the whole Bible, and that would be Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. But as you come to the book of Acts and you begin to see God's church being birthed, the only church that Jesus Christ ever built, you start reading about it in Acts, particularly chapter 2. And then as it is birthed, it is built, then it goes to work, friends. And that's as you follow through and read the book of Acts, which has no amen because it's still trucking. We're almost 2,000 years down the road, and the church is still universally up and running. And we're trying to bring the same gospel that was in the beginning that is still now here at the end. We're trying to bring that to every nation, to every man, woman, boy, and girl of every color, of every continent, of every language. We're trying to, to bring them. You know, people will go off and they will uh, go to some special thing or churches of our faith, will, of the faith, will have uh, a person that labors in a foreign field outside of the United States, shall we say. They'll have them come through and, and everybody will weep and they will cry and they will, you know, all that kind of stuff. They will do that. And they want to go. They want to go. They want to go somewhere. And, uh, or they go to some special thing somewhere and then they get all stirred up. But I'm going to tell you, you don't have to go outside the borders of the USA to find the mission field. It's right here. It's right here. You just need to get in the spirit, honey. You just need to, to get a good book of Acts experience. Get a burden. Get a burden for lost people. Because once such was you, That God was kind enough, merciful enough, and loving enough to save you, even though you're a brat. Even though you're a brat. Even though you lapse into childish rebellion. That God, in His great love, reached down in excess of six billion people and pulled you out of a horrible pit, brought you to the truth, gave you his Holy Spirit, washed you in his precious blood. He did that for you. Amen. You need to that needs to really mean something. It means it needs to mean a whole lot. Galatians chapter five. Verse 17, for the flesh, everybody said flesh, lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit 
against the flesh. Now, lusteth means a strong feeling. Okay? So the flesh has a very strong feeling against the spirit. But the spirit also is coming against the flesh. The Bible said these are contrary. Man, they are opposite. The one to the other. So that ye cannot do the things that you would. The answer, of course, is in the next verse. He said, but if ye be led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. Now, the law killeth. The letter of the law killeth. The letter of the law is your Old Testament. The letter of the law, the law that came by Moses. Uh, you must understand that in and of itself, and if you could find righteousness, it, it could be found in the law. But the law was broken, and God said, I'm going to make a new covenant. And it was broken because of the weakness of the flesh. And so God said, I've got, I got something better for you. I often tell about, from time to time, I tell about one of the little Sunday school girls, two of them actually, and they're sisters, and they're not too far apart, and they're in the same class. As a matter of fact, they're in Seamstress Feld's class. And um, she came after service one Sunday. And she told me, she said, I really need you to call these children's mother because the children are acting up. They're disruptive. They're being very disruptive. So I said, okay, no problem. Uh, Mom doesn't come to church, but she's kind of a, to a certain degree, she's a cooperative. And I said, I'll call her. So I called her. And I told her, I said, Marquetta. I said, uh, I need a little help. She said, all right, senior pastor, what can I do? I said, well, the girls. I said, they're, uh, all of a sudden she goes, uh-huh. And I thought, okay. I said, well, they, um, they've been a little disruptive, and they've been giving Sinsenfeld a bit of a hard time in her class. And she goes, oh, Yeah. She said, you just sent them on home to me. She said, I got something for them. I thought, oh, wow. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have called. <laughs> well, I want you to know something. My God's got something for us. But it, it's, it portends good things. It's not something that you have to be afraid of or shake and quake in your boots. My God said, I got a new covenant. I got a new agreement. I've got something in the spirit for you. I've got something to give you victory, overcoming power, that you can put the flesh under your feet, under subjection, that can give you the victory. Yeah, and old, old Saul hadn't quite arrived to that conversion place yet, that changing place. It's important to realize that part of this salvation is a conversion. It is a changing. It is a changing from what you are to what God wants you to be. And uh, so Saul, he's heading down the road, whether by horse or donkey or camel. I don't think they had the 
car ready that day. Helicopter. Any of those things. And uh, pretty sure the cell phone was down and the iPad, the iPod, and all that stuff wasn't the computer. All of those things weren't vying for his time and attention. A lot of people, you know, they they want to argue with the preacher. Nobody here like that, of course. But here and there, there are people that want to be all contraire with the pastor. And, uh, you know, what's wrong with this? What's wrong with that? What's wrong with the other? You know, somehow I find out that after a while, they're not here anymore. The, they find out what's wrong with this and that and the other, only to find out after, after it's done its dirty work in their life. It's, uh, it's like somebody, one man, very well-known man, he's dead now, his name is Steve Jobs, big reason why you have a lot of the toys that you have is because your social media toys is because of Mr. Steve Jobs. But one day, he got sick. He began to lose weight. And uh, they told him, doctor told him, if we deal with this now, we believe we can save you, we can correct you, we can get this taken care of. But he decided, Mr. I've got a better idea all the time, and maybe in a certain field he did. But he was out of his field on this one. Now, you may be good at some things, and I, I hope you are. I hope you're skillful. You're, I knew a man one time, he, he hated painting. And I said, well, then you shouldn't have been so good at it. Everybody wanted them. And, uh, you know, maybe you're a roofer or maybe you're a nurse or uh, an accountant or whatever, you know. And maybe you're good at what you do, and I'm glad. I'm glad for you to be good at what you do. And Mr. Jobs was good at what he did. And as we say, every man or woman in their own field. But he, he stepped out of his field. He, he stepped across the line. Thought he knew better. And uh, got a little full of himself, you might say. And uh, he decided to do things his way and kept losing weight. Kept having problems. They kept getting worse. Until finally, he went back to the doctor. And he said, you know, I nothing. You do it. Fix me. You're right. Doctor said, I can't. He said, You waited too long. You waited too long. The damage is too great. But you know what I like? I like to draw from something here that I'm not dealing with just a human doctor. I'm dealing with the great physician. And I'm so glad that our case or cases 
they don't have to be so far gone because my God can retrieve anybody anywhere. They, they made that song famous, Ain't No Mountain High Enough, Ain't No Valley Low Enough. But, you know, that really belongs to us. That really belongs to God because his arm, his hand is not short. He's the one that can reach anybody anywhere. And when God's, and he works on both ends of the line, he has a way of balancing things, confirming things. Showing that he's truly in this. And uh, this Saul, the preacher, God spoke to the preacher. And God said, I want you to go certain city, certain house, pray for Saul of Tarshish. <laughs> and the preacher started thinking of, Everything he could think of not to have to do that. Oh, God, no, I'm telling you, I'm, I've got tickets. I'm going on a cruise. Um, I, I, I got a backlog of things here, and I, I'm really, I'm a little too busy. You might want to check with somebody else on that one. <laughs> and the Lord said, I've already taken care of them. I've taken care of it. How many times? I don't know about you, but I have found that so many times something that I'm fretting about, that's a Bible word, something that I'm fretting about, that God's already taken care of. He's already dealt with it, and I'm way behind the times. <laughs> and God's trying to bring me up to speed. And uh, because God had already knocked Saul down. Now, you might want to be careful about what you're doing that's going to get God's attention. Now, if you're praying, and if you're fasting, and if you're reading the book, and if you're witnessing, and you're getting God's attention that way, I asked my pastor one time, I said, uh, what's the longest you ever fasted? You know, I was young and new in the Lord. And, but you can get away with asking some of them questions sometimes. You know, you're just this little kid, you know. <laughs> I remember one time he told me, he said, he said, You're, I said, I said, I want them, the milk to pass and the meat to come on. <laughs> That'd be like, like uh, Tamiya back there saying that, you know. And uh, my pastor looked at me and he said, You're, you're looking ahead 40 years. And he said, no, I'm looking back 40 years. It took me a long time to understand what that meant. And I finally did. Had to grow a little bit. But um, Saul, Saul got knocked to the ground. Saul had a, sometimes we have a comeuppance and sometimes we have a come downance. And God decided to puffy Saul down. And he took Saul down and uh, began to tell him a thing or two about him being out of line and what all he was doing. I like when God does a thing in a certain way because you know what? Usually, we don't argue with that. Argue with a pastor? You know, oh boy, sometimes people get to that kind of bad shape. They get in a bad, bad shape. They're too much flesh going. 
and not enough in the spirit going. But you know, God, the church had been praying. The church had been praying about Saul. Saul had been, been saying stuff. He'd been upsetting people. And so God said, all right, I'll take care of Saul. You just keep on doing what you're supposed to do. I'll, I'll take care of Saul. You know, that's just like when that mother said, you just send him home to me. I got something for him. And you know what? Sometimes I really do start, after praying about people, I do start feeling sorry for them. <laughs> I start feeling like, oh, God, I know you're going to put a whooping on them. <laughs> and I almost feel sorry for them. But then I remember what they're saying and doing, and then I get all aggravated again. <laughs> I say, go ahead and let it. Get them, God. Get them. Sick them. Straighten them out. Get them back to being productive. Put a smile back on their face. Put a spring back in their heel. Put a song in their heart again, Lord. Get them happy and productive and useful in the kingdom of God. Oh, Lord, grant that. Oh, Lord, grant that. And so, after getting a dressing down from God, Saul said, um, Saul, by the way, who knows it all, it's amazing what a little bit of success will do to some people, to this flesh, you know. They finally have learned that two and two is four, you know. Some of the basic things they've learned, and all of a sudden they've got the big head. We've got to jack the roof up to get them in and out of the building. That's a joke. Okay. And, uh, so, mister, I've got all the letters after my name, and I've got all kinds of degrees. Check out my vanity wall. And uh, Mr. Smarty Pants says, Who art thou, Lord? Who art thou, Lord? Now, here's a guy that claims to know all about God. Here's a guy that claims to, I've got it all figured out. I'm going to tell the pastor where to head in at. I'm going to tell this one, tell that one. I'm going to, I, I can make up my own rules. I'm thinking within myself. I'm thinking with myself. And I'm going to go opposite here on this. I, I'm, I can't roll with you on this one. <laughs> God said, you want to roll? I'm going to help you roll. And God put him down on the ground. You know, God can, he can put people on their back. I tell you about my pastor, he, uh, young man, there were no buildings in those days for our people, and there was brush arbors and cottage prayer meetings. Maybe you have to walk 20 miles one way to get to one of those. And uh, I asked him one time, he said, I felt like I was in the middle of a great forest, and all I had was a pea shooter. And he said, I got to the place where I just said, I quit. And then that's when the, the Amish side of came out. And, Do you now? You know, that's how they talk. You know. Do you now? <laughs> and so God put him in the bed. Pretty much believed that he got scarlet fever. <laughs> 
and burning up, burning up, burning up. And uh, I believe it was 30 days later that uh, the Lord asked him, have you had enough? And he said, I believe I have. And the Lord said, I don't think so. And he kept him in the bed a little bit longer. And his hair fell out. And uh, finally got to that place, though, where he really broke inside and repented and was sorry and uh, for quitting. And uh, You know, it's funny how the flesh, the devil, deceive us to think that leaving the church, quitting the church, is going to make things so much better. I always marvel about how that people were on the, 276 people were on the ship with the Apostle Paul because he became the Apostle Paul, by the way, because he said, who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I'm Jesus. Huh. And what will you have me to do? Whole different attitude came out of that experience. And we've only just begun. Be told thee what you must do. Now, you know, if the flesh is up and running, it does not like that word must. It doesn't like commandment. It doesn't like you've got to do it. It doesn't like that. And I'm telling you, we are living in a generation that is more so that way than ever before. They make Saul look like Ned and the first reader. Kindergarten rebellion compared to what's going on today. You better hear me now. There, there is a, a spirit of Antichrist that, has, that was there, but it, and it's here. But it's building and building and building because it's getting more and more minds that have been trained. And uh, the propaganda, if you please, that has gotten people to think his way. No wonder he's going to be able to come from the four corners of the earth. No wonder he's going to be able to bring Gog and Magog. Because he's got people's minds. And he is the one that blinds the minds. Oh, yeah. But you know what? The Holy Ghost is just as powerful now as the Holy Ghost was back then. And the preacher met Saul, got him baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Paul said, I spake in tongues more than anybody when I got the Holy Ghost, if you please, and became the Apostle Paul. And it always marvels, makes me marvel when, and I shouldn't do that, marvel not, right? But anyway, makes me marvel when the Apostle finds himself on a ship that he warned everybody Shouldn't take this journey. Shouldn't go in this direction. How many times the pastor has to get pulled along with people who are just going in the wrong direction? You know? Not thinking right. Not listening. 
and he finds himself. You know, Jesus found himself tied to two people, one on the right and one on the left. Hello. Thank God for the guy that was on the right side. You know, in the final analysis, you want to be on the right side. We're real glad that the Holy Ghost spoke through one of those that put together the synoptic gospels, <laughs> accounts of the gospel, and, and showed us after the others said both them guys were casting the same in Jesus' teeth, wagging their tongues like the ones passing by, running their mouths and bitter and angry. But, oh, the Holy Ghost gave us a little insight in how glad we are. And that guy on the right side, Looks at the other guy and says, hey, we need, to, we need to cut this out. Said, we're getting what we deserve. Because you know what we've been doing. The other guy's saying, yeah, well, I didn't believe it. I felt like we should be able to do whatever we want to do, whenever we want to do it. And he's like, yeah, and that's why we're up on this cross, idiot. <laughs> Said, but let's. Be honest for a moment. He said, we're getting what we deserve. This man's done nothing wrong. And he said, hey, Lord. He said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Oh, man. That's nice to read that. But it's even nicer to read what Jesus said. He said, today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Be surprised where you find faith sometimes, isn't it? My goodness. Oh, yeah. Here's Paul now, down the road. He's on the ship. And he's, he's there because of other people's self-will and rebellion and disobedience. <laughs> and so that's, I guess, where rock and roll got started. Because that ship was rolling all over the place, man. And Paul did what needed to be done. You know, you're going to do what you have faith in. He, he crawled into a, into a little prayer closet. He made a prayer closet. I one time was on a ship, a little, a little ship, a little guy, nothing like a big ship, but a boat. And uh, I was going to be the good dad, you know, and everybody go fishing, right? So I made friends with a retired Marine captain. And uh, we were going to go out, and they had to cancel because a storm came up, and a week later went by, and everybody's getting antsy. And I call and says, "Nice, nah, says Reverend." He said, "The still pretty rough out there." He said, "We better let it calm down a little bit." Well, you know, Marine captain that makes his living taking people out and catching fish goes two weeks without work, and you know, he's he's ready to get back out there. So 
He calls me. He says, okay, I think we're all right now. We can go out. Come on over. Be here Saturday morning. So we, everybody's jumping up and down. Everybody's happy. There was only one smart one in our family of five, and that would have been my wife. She stayed home. I don't know if it was a revelation. She had a dream. Or just a healthy sense of, I'm going to roll over on this one. So we went to Riviera Beach and we got on the boat. And you're going out the inlet and it's so calm. You're talking about setting you up. You know, the devil will set you up. You know, you, you get a little bit away. You're missing church. All these things. It's calm. Cool. No problem. Then you get outside the inlet. And all of a sudden, your breakfast starts talking to you. Really loud like. Everything's just. And in your ears, that stuff that gives you balance is just all out of whack. And you. And you're in bad shape. And you know, and you, you're um, you're like you're like I I was really, I right away, I'm Jonah. That's exactly who I start thinking about. And somebody was kind enough to give me a glass blown up whale, and in the middle of it is a little figurine that represents people like. Jonah. And right then I was feeling very much like Jonah. And so I did what preachers do. I hope, anyway. I, I, I went, you know, they had the little place where you can go down and they have bunks and beds and, and little bathroom and all of that. And I went down in the boat. Being a rookie, I don't know these things. But there's two places where it's worse on the boat. When you're pitching and rolling in the, in the choppy seas. And I, I went down. That's the second one of the two places that's worse. I got down in there and I hunt me a place to pray. And all of a sudden, the smell and the stink. I'm already not feeling very well. So now it's times 10. I come tearing up, <laughs> trying to breathe air. <gasps> oh, I'm looking for relief here, you know. Oh, God. <laughs> and uh, I, uh, by the way, this is like 35 years ago, just in case you didn't know. And so I, I, Look up at the top of the boat where the captain is. And he's up on a big, tall thing on top of the top. He's way up there. And I said, hey, you got room for me up there? He said, Reverend, he said, the motion up here is like 20 times worse. And I went, oh, I, I, I won't be coming up there. 
Yeah. So I just stayed in the middle. <laughs> I sat down and I tried to collect myself. And I'm praying. I'm saying, God, if you will get me back on land and let me get back where I will feel better, um, you know, I'll, I'll be really happy. And uh, I don't think I'll do this again, Lord. I had good intentions, but evidently they have gone away. I've made a mess here. Well, the, uh, the real funny part of the story is when we finally got back and got home, and my wife looked out the door, she got confirmation that it was she made the right decision. Oh, brother. And thankfully, she didn't say, I told you so. <laughs> thankfully, she didn't do that. So many people think that it's just going to be better. And on that boat that the Apostle Paul was on, and he crawled into a space and began to pray. Heard from God. Comes out of that prayer room. And he tells the congregation of 276 souls. He says, hey. He said, God's angel has stood by me this night. And he said, he's going to give me all of you. But... You must stay with it. You've got to stay with the ship. You've got to stay with the church. And you read about, and it just boggles my mind, some of people begin to move to the front of the ship. They begin to realize, I need to dig in here. I need to, I need to get more serious about the work of God. And, but some begin to tiptoe their way. The Bible uses the word under color, which means under pretense. And they were, you know, Just kind of slipping away to get in a boat this big. A dinghy boat, a lifeboat, and trying to slip over the side. Trying to slip away. Now look, when you start slipping, I want you to know that you've got my attention. Don't think that the Apostle Paul didn't know. He was very much aware. Because, you know, we it might shock you to know. But we really do care and love you. Everybody said amen. 
And I knew a woman that was in the church in Miami where I came in at. She had family in New Jersey. God knows she drove the road. She was an Italian, and she was just constantly going up there. And she had a brood of children. And she, she was like the little woman in the shoe. She had so many kids, she didn't know what to do. Only she didn't have a shoe. She had a station wagon. And they stopped, you know, along the turnpike. You know how to have that place, and you can get gas, and you can go to the restroom, and you can get something to eat and all of that. And they did. And there, she was always in a frenetic, in a, in a hurry. And, and uh, boy, they ran in there, blah, 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 did all these things, ran back out, got in the station wagon, and everybody's got the big gulp, and everybody's got this, and everybody's got the other thing. And, and they're heading down the highway. And, boy, she was, a, she was a hot foot. She kept the pedal to the metal. And she was just boogieing down or up the turnpike, heading to New Jersey. I really don't remember the detail of how far they got when she got to counting the noses. Where's that one? Oh, God! Makes the U-turn. Hot puts it back to that place. And there's the kids. He just said, you love me! Oh, brother. Oh, brother. Well, the, the little sister by faith next to Sister Joseph there, she came in this morning and had the two boys and the littlest guy got very upset because his shoe popped off. And I heard her say, and he's squalling. And I, that's a good term with the, with the uh, what we're talking about, all this weather, a squall, right? And he's squalling. And uh, she said, he said, Come here, she said. Mommy fix it. Mommy make it all right. Mommy put the shoe on and the squalling went away. Well, you know, mommy took care of everything at the rest stop that day. They all got back in the boat, in the, in the, in the boat, in the, in, the, in the station wagon and went on down the road. Well, you know, you, I'm serious when I say to you, you might want to be careful because you can lose your children. You can lose your children running to the different places. You don't think there's anything wrong with this. You take issue with the church. You're trying to do things under pretense. You're trying to slip this by and slip that by. And you know better than the pastor. I'm telling you, I've seen people do these things, and they ain't, and I said ain't, here anymore. And I got over 40 years in this, and I don't like to think back to people who aren't here and where they're at. Some of them's in the grave. Some of those kids are in the grave. You better hear me when I tell you. But Paul said in the days when he was Saul, referring to it, he said, I truly thought with myself to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus, to the gospel to the church to the truth i felt that he fessed it up in giving his testimony he fessed it up that he was the chiefest of sinners and that god put him forth as a pattern an example of what all god can do but i sometimes wonder 
what challenges God. You know, I believe what you believe. Is anything too hard for God? And, of course, we'd all say, no! But there is something that's a little bit of a challenge to God. And there, no unbelief like the unbelief of people who have been born again. And they are making their way back to wallering in the mire. They're going in that direction, slipping away. And I'm trying to hold on and say, come on. I can't, I can't quite hold you. You're slipping from me. Why do you want to get off the big ship in a time of storm, in a time of rebellion, in a time of not just the spirit of Antichrist, but the actual manifestation of that man of sin, that wicked one, who opposeth. Oh, he's contrary. <laughs> he opposeth all that has anything to do with God. Why you wanna? Why you wanna slip away now? Getting some little lifeboat. It's really a death boat. You know when the Titanic went down, anybody that wasn't able to be rescued was dead in one hour. One hour. It's cold out there. You better hear me. It's cold out there. This is a very cold world, very hateful world, spirits everywhere. And you better hold on to that, that love of God that the Song of Solomon said it, nothing no waters can quench it. It's so red hot. And Jesus wants us hot for him. He wants us on fire for him. He wants us involved with the work here. He wants us to make our way to the front of this thing. Amen. Let's not be of the contrary part. Let's get this flesh onto subjection. And the only way we're going to do that is to give ourselves to the Spirit. Let's get in the Spirit. And the only way we're really going to get in the Spirit consistently is to do spiritual things. You hear me? We don't want to be involved. Now, if you're sitting around, because if you listen to your Bible and you believe your Bible, and I trust you do, he said, now the works of the flesh are clear. They're manifest. They're clear. And beyond that, they're demonstrated in this world. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Now, see, that's where experience comes in. That's where 40-plus years, plus my pastor's 65 years, that's over a century of experience comes into play. Such like. 
Because, you know, the Bible doesn't say everything like the flesh wants it to say it. But we discern the spirit of a thing. And there's some things that we don't get involved with because of where, where and what it leads to. Now, all of those works of the flesh, they're displayed continually in movie theaters. They're displayed continually in Netflix. They're displayed continually in television and all of the many ways you can get whatever you want whenever you want it. Or should I say whatever your flesh wants whenever your flesh wants it. Okay? And then people wonder why, why are the children like they are? Sometimes it's not the children first. Sometimes it's the parent first. You hear me? Sometimes it's the parent first. It's your flesh. And if you deny yourself, if you die to your flesh, then those children are going to see that example and they're going to hear. I remember one time writing and one of them said something to me about doing something and I said, that's a great big no. And sometimes that's the answer. No. Amen. Amen. Child want to, we got little children that want to run out that front door. And they want to go right through that parking lot. And if they survive that, then there's a, a road. And if they survive that, then there's a canal. There's lots of things out there that want to take the life of the child. But you know, if your child knows your voice, now, Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. If your child, you'd be surprised how many people, and I'm surprised from the radio that people know my voice. I was, uh, I went to Macy's one day, and uh, I walked in over at the mall in Wellington, and this is, hasn't been too long ago. And I, I saw this lady and her two little daughters, and I was going to give them an invitation. And when I spoke, the woman turned around, she looked at me, and she said, oh, she said, I know you, and I handed her the invitation. I said, you do? She said, yeah, well, I know your voice. I said, well, good. I said, because I'm sure the only place you're hearing it is on the radio every Sunday morning at 9.15. And that, that's a good thing. That, that made me happy. That made my day. <laughs> you know? That's like when, I, when we were having a particularly challenging day, shall I say, and um, I came down the road Avenue G to Main Street. I made it right when I did. Big old billboard. And I'd been waiting 40 years. And God blessed us to be able to do it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And uh, so I did what I had to do, and I made my way back home, and I got my local runs done, and I said, okay, honey, I said, are you ready to go? You done walking in circles? You ready to go? 
And so she said, yes, I'm ready. And I said, okay. I said, I'm going to put a smile on your face, so come on. She's looking at me sideways, you know. And so we get in the car, and I purposely went the opposite way. I went to up towards the old hospital, went out that way, because I wanted to have a long, nice drive down Main Street. I wanted to roll up real slow and cool, you know. So we made it through the light. McDonald's on the right, and uh, probably saw some of you going through there. Anyway, sliding through the light there, and uh, it's coming up, you know. And I start saying, I said, hey, look at that. And her head comes up, she goes, look at what? I said, that. And she said, what? And then she goes, oh, oh. <laughs> so I had my fun. But I did put that smile on her face. And uh, so anyway, there are good things and there are good signs and there are good things to be involved with in conclusion. And I am saying to you that I want to be looking back and telling somebody about how God saved me when I talk about how I used to be contrary. How I used to be in the flesh and, and just had that you know, the flesh, and somebody said it the other night, one of the young men, he said, um, he said, you know, when you're in the flesh, he said, it's either too cold or it's too hot. You know, everything, nothing's right. You know, everything bothers you. Everything just aggravates you. you know, it's nothing but flesh. You know, and, uh, but John said I was in the spirit. John, who's on an island, who's, they dip him in oil like you would dip a, a strawberry and hot chocolate. <laughs> they dip Paul, I mean uh, John, in uh, in boiling hot oil, with no effect. And you'd have thought that would have converted every last living one of them, but oh brother, it didn't. And they they took him and they said, "We got to get rid of this guy. We got to get. We've got to cut off this preaching." And sometimes that's all the devil wants. Don't you know that? He wants to close the mouth of the preacher. He wants to stop the truth. He doesn't want that anymore. He doesn't want that happening. And so they took him and they took him to a lonely island and they marooned him there. The island of Patmos. And they left him there. But you know what? That didn't stop God. And that's why we have the book of Revelation. Because, because John didn't roll over and die and boo-hoo and woe is me and it's so tough and it's so bad. Oh, no, friend. John said, well, I finally got some peace and quiet. Now I can pray. <laughs> he began to talk to God, and better yet, God began to talk to him. And everybody said amen. amen. And look what we got. John got in the spirit. John, that's the answer, church family. Come to church and get in the spirit. Get a refreshing. Get a renewing. Get an uplifting. Let God get your flesh deadened and get you alive in the Holy Ghost. Amen and amen and amen. I like the next, sometimes we don't like the word but. That's one T. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ, you belong to him, have crucified 
the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. And look what he ended up. He said, let us not be desirous of vain glory. Don't you love it? Now when you go to a restaurant, it's flashbulbs everywhere. And then they get together and it's got somebody, or they get the, they love to get the waiter or the waitress, right? I think they should get an extra tip for that, but, you know, they've got them taking pictures. But flashbulbs just going everywhere, you know? I thought I was being pursued by the paparazzi, you know? And then I found out they weren't interested in me at all. <laughs> Brother, vain glory. All about self-glory. All worthless. In God's eyes, it's worthless. You don't need to chase glory for yourself. You want glory, get God's glory. Get a hold of God. Amen. Amen. That way, when the doctor says there ain't nothing we can do, you can appeal to God. You can call the pastor. The church can pray. How nice it is to believe in your prayers. Had a little old girl knocking on the door. Pounding away, knocking on the door. She goes to the door. She hears that pound and that knocking. I say she was knocking, she was listening. She gets to the door. Sees Peter. Shuts the little door. Runs back inside. Tells all the prayer warriors. Peter's at the door. And they're like, shh, be quiet, we're praying. We're, we're praying that God will deliver Peter because they've taken him, they put him in jail, and they're going to kill him like they did James. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to tell you, he, he's at the door. Finally, somebody believed the little girl. You know, sometimes it really pays when you're praying to believe. Have faith in your prayers. Have faith in your prayers. People think that leaving the church, things are going to be better. Revelation. It's not going to be better. Okay? Now the challenge is on you, though. You have to believe what I just said. Okay. Jesus came to town. I know you're standing. I'm going to let you by. Jesus comes to town, and... He's ready. You know Jesus is ready. I'm telling you he's ready. He's sitting on ready. I think I told somebody or maybe the church in Fort Myers, and I said, I said, uh, our God's ready to pardon, the Bible says. I said, he's, he's chomping at the bit. He is, he is just straining, straining, ready to pardon. He wants to get you baptized in Jesus' name. He wants you to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. He wants to, to launch you out on this beautiful life. He's ready. He's ready. And I want you to realize that you need to be ready for all that God has planned and in store for you. Right now. Right now. I want you to believe that. I want you to believe don't believe that devil. Don't take your faith and put it in the devil. 
and he's telling you everything going to be just fine if you could just get away from him and get out of here and get away from her and get away from this and get away from that. Nothing but a liar. He's always been a liar, and he always will be a liar. Amen. You don't have any guarantee that it's going to be better. But I'm telling you, you have a guarantee that it's going to be worse. Jesus came to town. Jesus was ready. All kinds of people had problems. But he could do no mighty works, no mighty miracles because of their unbelief. And that's what I'm telling you. You, you claim this truth. And you're a part of the body of Christ. And then, or you're coming to it. Hear me when I tell you that you pose a problem to God. You're, you're somehow trying to tie him up with your unbelief. You're not believing the preaching. You're not believing the word of God. You're not believing what he's saying. It's time for you to believe. It's time for you to take out your faith and polish it up. <laughs> Amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. He's not given you any reason ever has he ever given you a reason not to believe him. He's given you every reason to believe him. Let's lift our hearts with our hands. Come on. Thank you, dear God. I praise you, Jesus, and I worship you, Holy Father. Thank you, Lord, we love you. Thank you, Lord, we praise you. Thank you, Lord, we need you. Thank you, Jesus. I love you and I need you. I want you to touch our hearts. I want you to help us overcome our flesh. Oh, Lord, that we could go forward in the power of your might. Thank you, Jesus, for truth. Let me think with myself how I ought to cooperate with God, how I ought to work with God, how I ought to get one with the church, all get in rank and step in harmony. Help me, dear Lord. Help me, dear Lord. I want to live with the Lord. I chase after you, yes. no matter what.